0: Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek Syrophoenician by nation. She Besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. What is going on? There is a lady who has a child that is possessed with a demon and wants that demon out of her child. And she is pursuing Jesus, though she knows that the Greeks, the Syrophoenicians and the Jews have no interaction whatsoever. They stay distant one from the other and no real desire to try to bridge that gap. And so she pursues Jesus and makes this request about getting the devil out of her daughter. In verse 27, Jesus says to her, Let the children first be filled. For it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. Basically, he's saying it's not appropriate, it's not right, it's not proper to take children's food and give it to the dogs. And she replies to him after this very coarse statement. Imagine you going to Jesus that you heard is so loving, so forgiving, so merciful, kind and compassionate. And you approach him and he basically says, look, I'm not going to give food to a dog. How would you feel in that moment? I would Get Venture to say it probably would not build up your self-esteem. But her response is yes. Yes, Lord. She doesn't argue that she is that like a dog. She does not argue about her value. She does not try to convince Jesus, that I'm actually better, I'm greater, I'm more valuable, I'm superior, I'm equal. She doesn't justify anything. She says, you're right. I'm no better than a dog, and I don't deserve the best food that comes from the Father's table. But she did say to him, though I am a dog, even dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Jesus is caught off guard. He is startled. He's amazed at her statement. And he says, for this same, you can return and go your way. The devil that you wanted out of your child, out of your daughter, is gone. Return home. And so she went back to her house, and she found the devil gone. She found that that evil spirit that was in her home was no longer in her home. I, I just feel led to say right now that spirit that you don't like in your home that feeling that you don't like in your home, that atmosphere you don't like in your home, you've come to the right place that when you go back home, you can't find that spirit in that home because he who the son is set free is free indeed. While you're here in church, Jesus is able to dispatch angels and messengers to your home and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Of the living God. Someone say amen. I want to just speak for the next few moments. About dog's best friend a dog's best friend. Would you lift your hands and would you pray God's will be done today? Jesus, I thank you. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe in accidents. Lord, I believe this is the day that you have made. I rejoice. I am glad in it, Lord. I believe in the name of Jesus that this service is divinely orchestrated of the Holy Ghost. Nobody can come to you except the spirit draw them. I am preaching under the inspiration and persuasion that every soul that is in this room has been divinely ordered of the Lord to be in this house. And so Lord, I will preach without fear and I will preach without favor. And Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus that your word will confirm by the spirit today. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Hallelujah. A dog's best friend. In North America, we have a tremendous value, worth, or appreciation for dogs. Not all, but it is a pretty solid group of people that feel that way about these creatures called dogs. Money is spent on them. They took a uh, whatever statistical survey of The land last year and in 2020, the average amount spent on taking care of the dog was over one thousand two hundred dollars per year. That's not the purchase of the dog, which you would find. And I have discovered when we got our dog last year, who we endearingly wanted to call stimulus. And we didn't name him Stimmy, but we were able to get him through the Stimmy. And we purchased that dog, and I was floored by the amount people pay for dogs. But thank God for the U.S. government that purchased me a dog to play with because God has been good to us, and we didn't need more food in our fridge. We didn't need more decoration in our home. We just needed a pet for the kids to play with because our other pet last year didn't work out so well. For those who may not know, my my wife and my son, they, they like to bird watch. And for my wife's birthday, I was like, you know what? I want to surprise my wife and get her a cockatiel. And I just thought it was this great idea that I would get husband of the year award for purchasing this cockatiel with his beautiful faux hawk or tuft or whatever you call it. And it was fun at first three days. And then the feeling faded very fast because I never realized that a bird can be so demanding. I thought you just leave it in its domicile and it just looks there, chirps, and you could throw some chips at it or something and, and then maybe pull a newspaper out every once in a while. But that was more demanding than all three of my children combined. It was one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life was to purchase a cockatiel. If you're here and you are a proud owner of a cockatiel. I'm just talking about me. it, It was a horrible pairing. It was not destined to be. But when we found a safe place, a home for Oliver the cockatiel to go to, it was one that had many birds. It was a person that had many birds in their home. And so he is having the time of his life, in case you were fearful that I filleted the bird and cooked it, we sent him to A destination vacation. He is having the time of his life. But it did create an appetite in our our children and in my wife. And I'm not going to confess me for some sort of interaction. And so we got a dog. And I, I mentioned I was blown away about the price that dogs are. And dogs and cats reading from this particular article are the most popular household pets approximately 63.4 million dog owning households and 42.7 million devil i mean cat owning households in the United States of America and other import or other animals in these homes would be fish saltwater fish birds reptiles horses and from the onset of the coronavirus last year Basically, there was a 10% increase of people purchasing animals. And I like to believe myself to be somewhat of a balanced pet owner. I don't get the most expensive. I don't get the most cheapest food. And I don't go over bending backwards to try to make my dog feel like they are in a masseuse parlor. But my parents live in Palm Springs, California, in Southern California, in the valley if you've ever been there, it is an interesting place to be. And in Palm Springs, California, everybody has a purse dog. And those dogs, and this is not a lie, this is not an exaggeration, those dogs that are walking down the street, their collar costs more than my entire ensemble. Their clothing, their dogs that walk around with shirts and vests and even shoes on their feet. Their ensemble cost more than my entire closet. My wife and I, walking through the street fair in Palm Springs, even walked into these boutiques for dogs. And it was astronomical. We were caught off guard, the prices that people pay for what people call man's best friend. It is the environment, the culture in which you and I live in. But it was a little different in Bible times, in that culture, in that era, that uh, not even so far going back 2,000 to 4,000 years ago, even today in certain countries, and certain cultures, dogs are considered unclean. Dogs are nasty. People want nothing to do with them. And the greatest way you could ever insult somebody is to call them a dog, to insult them and to reduce their value, and basically try to cause them to realize the inferiority that you feel about them. You will call them this animal, a dog. In First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse forty-three, there is an infamous enemy called samson who is a philistine out of covenant and against the people of god and when he stood face to face with david the shepherd boy the sweet psalmist of israel and david approached this giant in hand-to-hand combat all of a sudden this giant over nine foot tall cries out to this little ruddy boy and he was insulted to see but a youth, but a child approach a man that has been warring expert in war longer than David has even been alive. And he looks at David and he says, am I a dog that you would come to me and fight me in this sort of manner? It w- he was insulted and he says, I feel like you're calling me a dog by standing before me. In the New Testament, Philippians 3, 2, the apostle gives a warning and he says, I want you to beware of dogs. Maybe we need to put that sometimes on some churches out there in America these days, not fear of some Rottweiler or some miniature pincher, but false prophets that are out there. The apostle says there's. Prophets out there and you gotta beware, you gotta be careful. Just because someone is dressed up, standing in a pulpit and has the name Jesus tagged on a building, that does not mean that they are called of God or in the Word of God. This is why you and I have to have our personal relationship with Jesus and personally read the Word of God, studying to show ourselves approved unto God, or workmen that needeth not to be ashamed rightly. Dividing the word of truth for there are dogs in the pulpit. Matthew chapter seven, verse six, Jesus again, the one that we can paint so often as this peace loving hippie that has nothing confrontational to say. There's a lot of confrontational moments in the ministry of Jesus because there's no greater love than telling somebody the truth. And he says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample you under their feet, turn again and rend you. I, I, I used to be perplexed by this scripture until after pastoring for fifteen years, I, I, I've learned over the years that there's just some people that you you can't give your time to and you can't invest in because they have no Interest in the word, and they have no interest in God. They are just interested in what you can give them to help their pocketbook and their stomach. And there's more to life than meat and drink. We need righteousness and joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Quite the contrast of today's culture. Just these three simple verses Am I a dog? Beware of dogs. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. A contrast of cultures where dogs are known as man's best friend. A dog, the characteristic why some would tag them as man's best friend is they are loyal. They are faithful to that owner and they have this amazing ability to make you feel like a million bucks. I could step outside the door and be gone for no more than five minutes and dogs have no concept of time and no sooner than I open that door, that little tiny Yorkie poo that we have is shaking its hairy butt, all excited because I just walked in the door and he's jumping up and down. And all I, I was just gone for five minutes. And, and I wish I could say that my kids greet me like that every time. And I wish everybody would just celebrate every time I walked into the door. But it's just not the case. Sometimes they probably wish I would have. Been away from home a little longer. I, I, I don't know. But this dog has this way of making me feel good every single time. It is man's best friend. But who I ask today is the dog's best friend. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 24 through 27, the same context, the same story, but from a different gospel, from another perspective of one of the writers And he records Jesus saying to this woman, I have not been sent, but to the lost sheep. Someone say sheep. I've been sent to the sheep of the house of Israel. And as we stated a few weeks ago about her worshiping him and getting his attention, he replies to her and he does not call her sheep. He says it's not appropriate. It is not proper to take the children's bread. Someone say the children's bread. It's not proper to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. You see sheep, you see children, and you see dogs. And he says, you're not a child and you're not a sheep. You are a dog. And it is not appropriate for me to give that which belongs to sheep, that which belongs to children and give it to dogs. But she replies, It is true, Lord. But even dogs eat of the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Who is the dogs, best friend? I don't have a complex thought here today, but just a quickening of what I feel to share is simply that dogs that I have learned from my short pet ownership experience is that dogs love my children. Our dog loves. Our kids, our kids did not buy the dog, our kids did not set the dog free. the dogs they, 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 they had nothing to do what the purchase whatsoever did. I did, and there is a loyalty that the dog and I have i don 't make great efforts and strides to get his attention, but he 'll listen to my voice more than the wife of my, uh, the, the voice of my wife. Or the voice of my children or the voice of anyone else in the room simply because him and I made first contact. Him and I I was the one that picked him up. I am the one that opened the gate for him to come out of and so he has bonded to me. I am the dog's master. I am the dog's one that he is loyal to. But something happens at the table. I happen to be the mean guy that wants the dog away from the table, but the dog likes to come to the table because I have three children that sit at the table that don't eat as proper as father and mother. They don't eat as proper as the parents do. And all of a sudden the crumbs fall I used to think by accident, but I have learned differently so now that the children intentionally drop crumbs. On the floor for this little five pound mutt to come under the table and to suck up that food. The children in that moment trump the master. The children in that moment trump the owner. Find a child with food and you won't find a dog far behind. And when there's children at the table, there'll be a dog under the table. Dogs love children. At the master's table. It is the master's table, but it is the children's crumbs. And that is what draws that animal. That is what draws that beast to that table, is what the children have to offer that dog. And that dog pursues, even though it knows it's not invited, it is not welcome, but they know that food on that ground will go to waste. Because you and I will not bend over to pick up that from, from the ground because we are blessed in this country to live at a level of life that we don't have to beg for food. We are blessed in a land of abundance, but the dog is not afraid to go to foot level. The dog is not afraid to approach at ground level. The dog is not afraid of hurting its own pride. It will humble itself and base itself and eat something from the ground that's at the Foot of another person that just stepped in that place. It's the power of crumbs at the table. The children of God get to eat good, and the children of God don't lack at the Master's table. We are able to eat abundantly, exceeding abundantly. Above all that you and I have even asked or ventured to even think in the realm of possibility. Has anybody since serving the Lord found yourself eating better than you ever have your entire life? I'm not talking about a flaming yon. I'm not talking about a burger. I'm not talking about a sandwich right now. I'm just saying you have tasted and seen that the Lord, he is good. I've been young and now I'm a little Older, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor God's seed begging for bread. Would you just lift your hands to testify for just a moment that since coming to the Master's table, God has allowed you to sit at a feast and enjoy the fruits and the benefits of serving the Lord? Hallelujah! I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Uh, We don't lack at the master's table. We're able to eat and have overflow. And Jesus says to this lady in verse 28, Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt, even as you desire. And her daughter was made whole that very moment and hour when she went home. There's a story in the Bible of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was was a family of Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel, and he ended up backsliding and failing and messing up as a king. And all of his children were destroyed. And David, who is the next king, was wanting to find if there was any family members left of Saul's family that he could bless because he was in covenant with Saul's son, Jonathan. And he finds out that there was a boy, Jonathan's son, named Mephibosheth. And the unique thing about this boy was when Israel was under attack that Saul's family fled for they knew out of fear what was going to happen to the royal family when the enemy conquered them, they would be tortured and killed. And the the, the the nurse of the child picked up Mephibosheth and went to escape. But in the effort to save the child's life, she fell and dropped the child. And the, such a fall that occurred that the child became paralyzed from the waist down. Mephibosheth Could no longer walk. The life was spared. But the life was also impaired. In the effort of trying to save it. And we can do the best we can. In our own efforts. To save a life. But in our efforts we fall short. And in our efforts it leaves lives impaired. But the Bible says there was a king. Named David. And he found out about Mephibosheth. Being alive still. In 2 Samuel chapter 9. Verses 7 through 13. He reaches and calls for Mephibosheth, and he makes this declaration I want him to eat at the bread of my table. He stands before Mephibosheth who is cowering in fear knowing that he is not worthy to be before the king. And even though he's lame and impaired from the waist down, he lays prostrate to further humble himself. And he says, I'm, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of the king. I'm not worthy to be alive. And he says this in verse 8 as he bows himself. What is your servant, King David, that you should look upon me Mephibosheth that is such a dead dog I'm not better than anyone else and I don't deserve to be alive I I want you to know I know you're the king I know you're master I know you're greater than I and I know that my family fought against you and my family attacked you and my family was against you but I am a dog and I don't deserve to live but when you go on to read in verse 9 and 10 David speaks. Speaks to Saul's servant and begins to say, I want everything that the former king had and owned to be given to Mephibosheth. And in verse 10, he says, His sons, his servants will till the land for him and bring in the fruits of that land that your master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Mephibosheth confessed that he was no better than a dead dog, but David called him the master's son. He says, thy master's son, I want to eat bread at my table. And in verse 11, it says at the end that the king declared, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. David went one step further and said, he will not only eat as one of the master's sons, he will eat as one of the king's sons. I'm taking them into my family. We are not related, but I'm going to adopt him. I'm going to take him on and I'll be more than a master. I'll be a king and he'll be a part of this royal family. I've heard it before. And I'll say it again here that when the Bible says that he was lame from his feet, he would sit at the king's table. And what's amazing to be at the king's table as a man that is paralyzed, whether they sat upright in a chair at a table up, or they laid at a table that was basically almost ground level. If they laid across pills, it doesn't matter what kind of table it was, but everybody was the same at the table, whether you had the ability to walk to that table or not. And that's the power you might feel your life is paralyzed and you might feel that you're impaired, but at the master's table, when the king calls you to his table, you might feel like you had to crawl your way there. You had to crawl your way to that table. We all come to the altar the same way. We all come to God's presence the same way. And God says, okay, I'll prepare a table right now for you that we all, no matter what your past was, whether you were bound by drugs and alcohol, whether you were bound by anger and unforgiveness, whether you were bound by sexual lust well no matter what it was we all gotta come crawling to the table and the king will adopt you as a son and let you dine at the mess. wish somebody would lift their hands in this room and thank God that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we weren't submitted to his kingdom. We were opposed to that kingdom, but he had such patience and mercy with us that he's brought us to a table for such a time as this. I love you God. I love you God. I love you God. I love you God. Hallelujah. 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 Someone say thank you Jesus. I know that Mephibosheth said, "Look, I'm, I'm no better than a dog. I'm a dead dog. I sh- I don't deserve to live." We said this verse last week, Ecclesiastes nine four. If you're here today and you got breath in your lungs, there's hope. Is that what the scripture says? There's hope. I I, I know your your last parting breath and last parting statement before you came to this building, before you laid your head to bed. As you cried yourself to sleep, I, this is hopeless. I can't go on wow, how can I turn this around this late in life? I've been bound by this for so long. I was caught off guard. I I don't know how I could put my life back together. I don't really have anything to offer God but broken pieces. How on earth am I going to survive in this moment? I'm here to let you know under the power of the Holy Ghost that a living dog is better than a dead lion. You might look tough. You know, if you've ever been to one of those taxidermist type museums that has all these exotic animals all around that have been stuffed, you can see big old grizzly bears and you can see majestic lions with their teeth and you stand and you look and you're in awe at the power and the size of that lion that's before you but I want you to know it's a dead lion and it's powerless it might look good in fact that taxidermist made it look better than that lion's ever looked his whole life that thinning balding hair that the lion had now has got this big beautiful mane he went to the cosmetic studio that taxidermist and he looks good but who cares if you look good and you're dead all that matters. is you might look bad right now, but there's breath in your lungs. And if there's breath in your lungs, God says, there's hope for you. I'm not done with you. I'm not through with you. You might feel like you're a dog. You might feel like Mephibosheth, but I declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a table in this house, in this altar. And he's saying, come and dine, come and dine. You got to crawl, crawl. However you can get here, get here and you will eat just like the rest. Of the family of God. Revelation 22. I'm looking at people that are still alive. Breathing. I know you feel like you're dying on the inside. But do not give into a spirit of suicide. This life. Though you may not have much hope right now. The life that you have right now. God is presenting to you a better life. And this life can lead. To the next life. That will be a better. Life. Revelation 22, verse 12, Jesus speaking. I'm coming quickly. I'm returning. Jesus is coming back, if you did not know that. The Bible says he came once, and he he lived on this earth, and he preached the gospel. He died on a cross. He was buried in a grave, and on the third day, he rose again. But the angels of the Lord declared in Acts chapter 1 to the apostles, just like you've seen him go, so shall he return. Jesus is coming back for a church. He wants to come back for a bride, a family of God, and take them to heaven with him. But not everybody's going to make it there. He says, I come quickly. My reward is with me to give everyone according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. But outside of that city, it says in verse 15, without our dogs, sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, adulterers, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. You could read this and feel depressed and feel condemned. You're saying, well, I'm a dog, and outside of heaven are dogs. And outside of heaven are sorcerers. Outside of heaven are the whoremongers. And outside of heaven are murderers and adulterers and those that lie and enjoy this life that is contrary to God. How on earth can I make it? Don't mistake reading this verse as condemnation. Let it be a conviction saying these are things that God will not allow to get in. But God makes a way to filter out and wash everything out so you can get in. You read this list and you say, I, I see the litany of sins here. And I just don't know. Outside are dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, adulterers, and those that love and make a lie. But 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves. See, I, I just want to say this real fast. For, for those who say you can live however, don't worry, you know, just believe in Jesus and do whatever you want we're reading here in the scripture that God says this is not how you get into heaven. You don't get into heaven by continuing to be unrighteous, by continuing to to to, to be a fornicator, to be an adulterer, an adulterer, effeminate, or abusers of themselves, of mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. None of them will inherit the kingdom of God. But look what it says in verse eleven: such were some of you. Such were some of you. I'm looking at, I don't know if you want to call it a pack of dogs or a wolf pack in this room, but I'm looking at basically a canine connection in this room. A group of people. We were all dogs outside of the kingdom of God, but I thank God for that dog catcher. I thank God. I'm telling you, he didn't come to exterminate us. He came to get us, to rescue us. It's not an extermination place he brought us to it's a house of refuge it's a place of safety it's a place where God will not take the life from the dog but he'll take what's in that life for the dog and take it out of that dog and so all of a sudden we who were not a people have now become a people we who were without are now within you are alive, and a living dog is better than a dead lion Ah, hallelujah and it's important we realize what's worth some of us. We better not get too highfalutin'. We better not get too better than now, holier than now, and forget that we were washed. We didn't wash ourselves just like my my dog My dog was unable to get a haircut by himself and his nails cut. i got to do all that dirty work. i got to take care of that mutt. I'm the one that has to clean him. I'm the one that has to provide for him. I'm the one that has to take care of him. And that's what it is like. There's some things we cannot do on our own that only God can do. And so we are washed. We are sanctified. We are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. I'm just about done here, just last two portions of scripture isaiah fifty six ten and eleven. God help us as a church that are supposed to be His watchmen and are blind. I don't want to be called a God and all of a sudden be blind and ignorant, and him say, You're a dumb dog. you can't even bark.' All you do is sleep and lay down and love to slumber. See, the purpose of a dog is to be on watch. To alert when danger is near. As much as I can't stand a barking dog. It's doing what it was designed to do for the master, for the owner. To say there's danger around. This is what's going on. The dog barks to protect the family, those that he feels loyal to. Church, we might be dogs that don't deserve anything. But may we not lose what God's called us to be and become a dumb dog. God pulled you out to be a watchman, not to be a dumb dog that just lays there, eats, and sleeps. And doesn't warn anybody else to let them know what's coming. Because Jesus is coming back. And we got to get our bark back, if you want to say it like that. We got to get our voice back. We're better than a dog now because of the mercy of Jesus. But at the same time, I hope we haven't lost our voice to let people know that Jesus is coming. This world is going crazy, it's going dark. People, if we're not careful, we can revert back to being a dog and not be in the nature of what a dog's designed to do and just be lazy, laying there, sleeping that cannot bark. Verse 11, even worse, he says, They're not only dumb dogs, but greedy go- uh, dogs. All they want to do is feed themselves. Feed themselves. I pray in the name of Jesus. Yes. Come to the master's table. Yes, find yourself at the foot and get any and every crumb you can. But somewhere along the way, we got to grow up and mature where it's not just about feeding self. It's about getting our voice and letting other people know. Come to the master's table. I know where there's some food. I know where there's some sustenance. Come on. Come on. Just like those four or those two leprous men. I can't remember now if it's two or four, but those leprous men, they're outside while Syria was encamped around about the children of Israel, and there was no food in that city. They went towards the enemy's camp, and when they got to the enemy's camp, there was nobody there. They fled, and it was all this food, and garments, and clothing, and all of this weapons, and all this material, and they sat there eating that food, and those leprous men that were mistreated as dogs in that community, cast out of that community because of their their condition they said we do not do well we were eating better than they are eating and we do not well to keep this food to ourselves and so they had to go back and let the people know about the provision that God had for them i'm thankful that you found food here i'm thankful that you found some crumbs that you can eat at this altar i'm thankful that god has provided for you but in the name of jesus i hope after after that you meet your heart's content in this room, that you get your voice and go out like a watchman and let people know that are starving spiritually. I know where you can get some crumbs. I know you don't feel much. I know that you don't feel like you're much value, but I promise you no one at this church is going to judge you. No one's going to condemn you. No one's going to look down on you. No one's going to think they're better than you. Look, I, I'm still in a wheelchair. I still got some impairments. I'm still paralyzed in some regards, but I get to Sit at the table. I get to sit at the table and I get to dine with the king. You can come to this church and you can dine with the king of kings. You can dine with the lord of lords. You don't get good to get God. You get God and he'll get it all good. God will take care, God will heal, God will feed. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 7, verses 27 through 30, last portion of scripture. Hallelujah. Jesus says to her as we revisit this scripture. Let the children first be filled. It's not proper to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Yes, Lord, you're right. But Even the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Jesus marvels at her statement. Go your way. Return to your home. The devil's out of your daughter. The devil's out of there. And she came to her house and she found the devil gone out. And her daughter laid upon the bed. Jesus says it's for the children first to be filled. And now we have been filled and our children are filled. And Basically, if we, if we fill the children first, if we feed ourselves first, it's going to go into our family. It's going to go into our marriage. It's going to go into our children. It's going to go into our grandchildren. If the children are first filled. But then we got to make sure that even the dogs are filled, we got to make sure others are filled. we got to make sure every single person. I'm thankful. I'm looking at a great group of people in this room, and I don't know everybody in this room. But I do want you to know, I want you to come to church hungry. And I want you to come here and get fed as best as you can. But we got to remember there are dogs without there are people. We're not saying better, holier than thou. We're not trying to say that in an insulting manner, but it's the concept Jesus presented Say, look, there's people that have yet to eat. And if we can ever get this revelation that everybody gets to eat under the master's table. And so I pose to you that a dog's best friend are the children. Who we are. What did Jesus call Israel? The children of Israel. Except you. Be converted like a child. You can en- nowise wise enter into the kingdom of God. You read every time. Through the book of Acts. Which is the blueprint of the church. It is the original church. And what church I believe is for today. Every time that the message of, of someone praying and crying out. God always send a, them to a messenger. For example, Cornelius is praying. And an angel manifest before him. I've never seen an angel visibly in the natural realm. I felt the presence of angels. I felt quickened and confirmed that I've been in the presence of them. But I've never actually seen one and heard one audibly speak to me. But Cornelius, a Gentile, a dog, outside of the camp of the Jews. When he starts talking to this angel, the angel says, go get... Peter, who was a child of God. And the child was the best friend for that dog Cornelius. An angel did not give Peter or did not give Cornelius the gospel. A child of God gave Cornelius the gospel. The next chapter or, or the previous chapter, when you read in chapter nine of the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul, who was Saul slaughtering Christians at that time, a step further, he's talking to Jesus audibly. He sees light that blinds him, talks to Jesus audibly. And Jesus doesn't even give Saul the gospel. He says, go to the house of Ananias. Go to my child. Go to that child of God. And Ananias gave Saul the gospel. There's things that we cannot do that only God can do. But there's things God will not do that he's called you and I to do. And you're a lost soul's best friend. We've eaten so much. We've been fed so much. But there are people in South Dakota that are starving. That have not heard the gospel. They have not heard the truth. But I promise you, there is a rural revival. There is a seismic shift that is taking place in South Dakota, and we are going to feed any and every that are without because you have eaten. You have come to the master's table and he says, you are now my child. The Bible says we have been adopted as the sons and daughters whereby, whereby we now call him Abba father. Let's stand together. So who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? Who? I, I, we all want to say Jesus is my best friend. But who? Who are you reaching? Who is the one that's without? I feel very challenged in two regards here today. One, that if you're here, and you feel like you're without. You feel like you're no better than a dog. You've come here with so many problems. You got so much weighing on you right now. God has given you a word today. That a living dog is better than a dead lion. And if you come to this table, God will feed you. But I'm talking to those that also have been fed. And I'm thankful that you can come here and be fed. But we have to leave this place ready to bark. Ready to voice. Ready to sound. And ready to let people know where they can find food. Where they can find the bread life, We are the best friend Watertown has. We are the best friend Coddington County has. We are the best friend that South Dakota has. We are the best friend this region has because we got the best gospel. We got this Acts 238 message on the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed and people felt conviction in their soul. The apostle Peter stood up and preached the first sermon to the first church and he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He answered the question, what do we do with this conviction we feel? He says, repent, tell God you're sorry of all of your sins, and turn from that. And after you ask God for forgiveness, he says, you can be baptized in the name that's above every name, in Jesus' name, for the remission of sins. And he says, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He wants every soul to be born of water and to be born of spirit and I'm telling you right now this is the best gospel this is the best day to be alive Jesus is coming back and we're going to see the greatest revival he did not start the church on fire to end it in a frost in the last day saith the Lord I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh I'm telling you right now this is the day that the Lord has made would you lift your hands would you lift your voices right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray the children of God would be the best friend of this community, that the child of God that feasts at the master's table, Lord, will feed those that are out and hungry and looking in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Is there somebody here right now that you are you have enough courage and boldness in your spirit to say, I, I don't feel any better than a dog right now. And I just need a crumb. If I can just get a crumb today. I want you to know this front of this area is open for you. We call this the altar and you're invited to come. We want to pray with you. We want to share with you what God has for you. Is there anyone here? You came broken and defeated. You came here discouraged and you just needed a little bit of hope. I invite you to come forward right now. Come on. Is there anyone in this room we're not going to mock you we're not going to insult you we're not going to make you feel dumb or inferior or less than of any value we all we all need a crumb from the master's table today is there anyone else that wants to come as close as you can we love to pray with you in the name of Jesus is there anyone else that would like to come forward here today and say God help me help me Lord to share from what I've eaten at this master's table at the king's table today come on Every single person ought to have that kind of desire to come to this altar today. God, I want to be fed. Or God, I want to go feed others. What camp are you in today? If you've been fed, why don't you come and say, God, give me a burden to feed others. If you're hungry, why don't you come and be fed today at this altar? Which camp are you are in? Whichever one it is, you're welcome to be here right here, right now. In the name of Jesus. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. If you're hungry, he'll feed you. If you're hungry, he'll feed you. Come on, there's life. The bread of life is in this room right now. The bread of life is in this room right now. Oh, Lord, I pray your word, your living word would go forth. Come on, gather as close as you can. In the name of Jesus, this altar's open. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, we lift our hands and our voices to you. I am hungry for you, God. I am hungry for you, God. Lord, I feel like I'm at my wit's end. Lord, I feel like I'm on the brink of despair. I feel like Lord ending it all. But Jesus, you said in your word that a living dog is better than a dead lion. And I come today, Lord, just needing a crumb from the table of the master. Lord, I pray in this atmosphere of the children of God that there would be an overflow of crumbs for people to eat right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus, taste and see, taste and see, taste and see that the Lord, he is good taste and see that the Lord, he is good.